one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. From the center of the galaxy, this is the Force Center podcast feed, and this particular episode is the Clone Wars Report. Boom, 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 boom. The drums of truth, or truth half revealed. Uh, I am Joseph Scrimshaw, and the person making the great drum noises with their mouth is Ken Napsok. 
Mm, yeah, and he's taking a swig of an energy drink he needs. Um, <laughs> hey, everybody, happy to be here for this. <laughs> we are very happy to be here. It has been a long and wonderful road as we rewatch all of the arcs of the Clone Wars. As the Clone Wars show uh, goes on, the arcs become larger. We've been discussing lots of three episodes and four episodes. In this, in the sixth season, is one specific episode uh, that I think of is that whole Sifo-Dyas thing. Mm. This is uh, season six, episode 10. The Lost One, written by Christian Taylor and directed by Brian Kalen O'Connell. Do you think of this episode in your mind, Ken? Is that whole Sifo-Dyas thing? Hundred percent, do. And I was kind of surprised to figure to realize it was only one episode. I thought this was more. It really did. Right. I always remember bits and pieces of this episode, and then uh, am reminded of the way they all fit together. And I, yeah. I think. You know, going through it in this way will help keep some of it uh, in my mind. Are you ready for the summary? I am. Okay. Uh, Once again, even though it's one episode, failed to keep it short. (laughs) There's a lot of information in this episode. Here we go. Old truths emerge. Or do they? The Jedi detect a signal that leads Jedi Master Plo Koon and the Wolf Pack to the crashed T-6 shuttle of the dead Jedi Master sifo Reporting the find to the Council, the Jedi compare notes in a burst of exposition. sifo was once a member of the Council, but he was removed due to its extreme views. sifo was convinced war was coming and the Republic needed an army. Kenobi confirms the Kaminoans indeed told him it was sifo who ordered the army without the knowledge or consent of the Jedi or the Senate. Seeking to discover the truth, the Jedi confer with archivist Jocasta Nu. She shares that sifo was sent to negotiate a truce between warring Felucians, but his efforts failed and he was killed. However, the rest of the file is sealed by the office of the Supreme Chancellor. Obi-Wan and Anakin Skywalker are dispatched to Felucia where they discover sifo body was cremated and he was allegedly on Felucia with a second Jedi. Yoda confers with Palpatine, who claims complete ignorance, telling Yoda these events were before his time. So Yoda seeks out Palpatine's uh, predecessor, Finnis Valorum. The former Chancellor tells Yoda he secretly tasked sifo to negotiate with the criminal syndicate run by the Pikes on the planet Obadia. A war was brewing as the Pikes gained more control over the spice trade. Valorum kept the mission a secret so his political rivals would not attack him for negotiating with criminals. sifo was accompanied not by a second Jedi, but Valorum's aide, Silman. But before sifo and Silman could complete the task, the Jedi Council sent them from Obadiah to Felucia. Meanwhile, Palpatine, in his guise as Darth Sidious, demands Dooku tie up this loose end, force-choking him over the hollow call as punishment for Dooku's clumsiness. Armed with more insight, Obi-Wan and Anakin arrive on Pike, get drinks, and see the seal of Valorum's office, which once belonged to Silman, hanging from the Pike leader Lom's neck. Lom spins the true tale. He was contacted by a man named Tyrannus to kill sifo The Pike shot down sifo ship, gave his body to Tyrannus, and kept Silman alive for insurance against the mysterious Tyrannus. Lom now makes a deal with the Jedi. They can have Silman in exchange for forgetting the Pike treachery. Silman, mind broken, slowly spills what he knows. He and sifo were betrayed, but the Pikes were not ultimately responsible. It was someone much more powerful, someone who wanted to be sifo Before Silman can reveal more, Dooku arrives and murders this poor haunted man. Obi-Wan and Anakin duel with the Dark Lord. The Pikes join the fight, identifying Dooku as the man known as Tyrannus. Obi-Wan is shocked, but Dooku sneers. He told Obi-Wan everything he needed to know back on Geonosis. Dooku kills Lom and escapes. 
Obi-Wan and Anakin report to the Council, armed with the knowledge that the clone army was created by their enemy. The Jedi wrestle with how to proceed. Mace fears that if this knowledge becomes public, the people will lose all faith in the Jedi, Republic, and the war effort. Fully aware they're being manipulated by the mysterious Sith Lord, Yoda feels the Jedi have no choice but to play his game. The sad, ominous ending. <laughs> and drums. What does sad drums sound like, Ken? Bum, 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 bum. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, what was your overall reaction to this episode? Love it, like it, struggle with it. Where do you go? Man, I really liked this one when it was uh, finally released in March of 2014 with the uh, lost uh, sessions here, the last season. I loved this viewing. Prior viewings found me kind of loving this from the perspective of, uh, oh, what happened with that? Oh, that's right. And I do think this episode is is kind of a fun, uh, oh, hey, let's finally answer that. Because, again, they, mm-hmm. they got the chance. Like, uh, there was a thought maybe they never, uh, we'd never see this. Uh, so I just kind of carried that forward in my in my memory. But when really when you watch this, especially when we get to some of the themes and some of the stuff you're seeing here, this is a real haunting episode and it's frustrating for the Jedi and frustrating as a fan of the Jedi and how they're just absolutely trapped in this war, trapped in with, uh, with what's going on. And, and it, it's haunting. And, and I love uh, what this episode is doing then. Yeah. I, I really like it. I remember being thrilled uh, when I started watching it. It's like, Oh, we're dealing with it. We're finally acknowledging this sort of Sifo-Dyas question of, of exactly what happened and how much, you know, have the Jedi tried to unravel this thread of who exactly did order the clones. Um, so I really, really like it, really enjoyed um, rewatching it. It is dark and sad and tragic in our long journey of discussing uh, justice for the Jedi, that they get into this war with good intentions, but those fall apart. Well, we're getting to the fall apart times, right? Yeah. Uh, this episode is definitely, um, it, it is powerful and painful uh, because of that. Um, I think as an, as an episode, it does feel to me like an episode where they really had some interesting uh, choices of like, we've got this, mm-hmm. what was then the final season? What do we want to include, you know, to, to wrap it up? What do we want to include uh, tone wise? And this one really feels like, hey, this this has been on the list to mm-hmm. <laughs> deal with that whole Sifo-Dyas thing. So let's do it in one episode. Um so it does feel a little rushed. There is a lot of exposition of person uh, goes yeah. to this place and, and says things. And even some moments where the, I feel like the Jedi are telling one another things that they probably already know. <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh, I, I don't mind. It doesn't make it a, a terrible episode. But compared to other Clone Wars episodes, it does feel a, a little a little rushed, a little focus on, on just getting across information. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think if it was about something else, I think that would bug me. But because it's about something so vital and mm-hmm. interesting to the Star Wars story, I'm thrilled and intrigued every time I watch it, mm-hmm. uh, which to me, I guess, is a testament of like, there are rules in writing, like <laughs> there there are uh, guidelines of don't rush to things too much. Don't, don't just have people talk about what they found out, sit with them and, and watch them discover it, you know, be more in the moment. Like there are a ton of kind of standard writing notes that one could give this episode. And yet I'm thrilled by it because it's an important 
part of the story in the moments where people do actively discover something in the moment and are emotionally affected by it are really powerful. Yeah, no, there's there's some great stuff all the way through it. I, I don't disagree with any of your uh, your thoughts on it there. And, and I think it, in one in some ways it is this like, hey, you know, remember you had that question as the Zyphodius of it all. Here's the answer. And, and the answer is just the answer. This is what it is. And, and you can now take that answer and apply it to all other aspects of the Jedi and the fall and the big war and the Clone Wars. And I, I think it just finally confirms some stuff. And I think it serves that that purpose indeed. But especially in season six, which is these wonderful, big, important arcs. we got the big Yoda one coming up next. Mm-hmm. This one does stand out as kind of this like, oh, yeah, oopsie daisies, Siphonies. Here you go. Yeah. Yeah. And I think when I was watching it this time, I was just kind of imagining of like, what would it be like if it was paced a little bit more like Clone Wars episodes where like the first episode was Obi-Wan and Anakin on Felucia, right? Uh, mm-hmm, kind mm-hmm. of uh, spacing the story out a, a little bit more. Yeah. Um, but uh, that said, I wanted to acknowledge that thought I had, but I still find this episode thrilling and exciting to talk about, which we're going to do right now. Uh, the moral of this episode is what is lost is often found. How did you uh, feel about that? Can you use it when coaching baseball? You could absolutely use that in life and coaching baseball. I looked at it uh, from a different angle, a little bit, a little more somber, a little more sad. The truth was lost, but it was found too late, though. Too late. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I think that what is lost is often found is a a nice moral. It wouldn't have been a nice moral on a show that is uh, partially at least uh, sometimes described explicitly for children to have a moral that's just like uh, wounds fester. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's almost the way I take that of like the buried stuff is going to come out eventually, you know, in in, what what happens, the, the buried things come out this episode. Any other thoughts on this moral? No, pretty direct. I love wound, wounds fester is the, is the <laughs> correct way to look at it. Remember, kids, wounds fester. Uh, I don't I don't think that would be a, 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 a an improvement on uh, mm. what is lost is often. Probably, probably. Let's get into the big ideas, uh, the themes. What ideas were at stake in this episode for you? Where did you go? I, I the big theme for me is this idea of darkness just swallowing everything here. The shroud of the dark side, right? This thing that mm-hmm. Yoda's been warning us about. And even just the visuals of this episode starts with, I, I actually really like the opening sequence, but it's this sandstorm that's just swallowing everything there. Plo uh, Kuhn and the wolf pack uh, walking through that uh, sandstorm surrounding them. Nightfall with the ominous clouds around the Jedi temple. Obadiah dark and shadowy. Not a lot of sunshine. Not a lot of sunny days, not a Dex's diner in these episodes. Just darkness absolutely swallowing everything that's happening here. Yeah, no, I love that. I think uh, the darkness is very literal. I kind of thought of it as, as, you know, uh, buried truths, obscured truths. Like everything is sort of being covered and locked. And a lot of that is visual and literal, but it's also what's actively going on in the plot. And I think it all builds up between the visual and the, the active, you know, plot beats to give you this feeling of nothing stays buried forever wounds fester like that Mm -hmm. thing that you thought you buried in your backyard is crawling Mm. (laughs) out uh you know and revealing itself uh but it also gives it this whole thing this sort of ominous vibe that made me feel like um the stillness before a jump scare in a horror movie where like, Mm. you know, you're in that scene, the person's going through the house and you know, something's going to get them, but you Mm. don't know where or when or from what angle, like they got to open every cupboard, right? (laughs) 
in 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 that's kind of what's going on with the Jedi of like they know that there's something rotten and they're trying to find it and they can't, you know. Yeah, that's a great great way to look at it. Uh, they're, Palpatine's about to jump out and go boo, <laughs> or to sixty six. Yeah, and I I totally agree with you. It's it's the in the images of the the ship buried in that sand mm. and the sand so thick you can't see anything. Right, the uh, literalness of a a locked file of Sifo-Dyfs and just that mm. sort of the the glaring red of you can't go farther. Mm. Uh, going as far to like you know not to uh, moments that are happening now, but to like. What was going on in the government, even around the time of Phantom Menace, that Valorum is having these secret missions that he can't tell anybody about because he's afraid of, you know, how it will make him look or how his enemies will use yeah. it against him. It's like even well-intentioned things like Valorum's trying to stop a yeah. massive war arising over a drug. <laughs> yeah, It's not a bad thing, but he has to bury it out of fear, you know, mm. Um and I think all of that, uh, including great images of, you know, the shadows that you described in the Senate, the Jedi Council on Obadiah, Obadiah it, it all builds to what to me is like the big gut punch of this episode is the Jedi are all about bringing things to the light. And yeah. here's all these things that are all these kind of upsetting images and ideas of things being buried. And at the moment that you would kind of expect the Jedi to go like, great, let's bring it to the light. The Jedi are the ones going, shove it down in the shadows, <laughs> yeah. bury it in the backyard, right? The Swallow uh, it. Yeah. Swallow it, you know, and it's about fear. I so appreciate in this Clone Wars rewatch that it, it, the mm-hmm. Jedi are so getting into what will everybody think? Will, yeah. will the bad things that people think about us take our power away? A lot of it is political. A lot of times poor Mace is the one... <laughs> Yeah, who says it? The direct quote here: uh, "If this was known that the their enemy ordered the clone army, if this was known, public confidence in the war effort, the Jedi and the Republic would vanish. There would be mass chaos." And Yoda says, "Cover up this discovery must. No one, not even the Chancellor, may know." How, how did that land with you when yeah. Yoda's like, "Bury it in the backyard." I, it, it landed in a, a good way, but meaning it's bad. Uh, yeah, this idea too, you mentioned secrets and lies is this big kind of theme throughout it. And there's so many examples of this and, and to have it all slide down there. I love, I love your attaching, how you're attaching this to fear and how the Jedi are now in this place of, of fear, uh, which is a place that uh, they don't, they just don't thrive and they don't work well. Uh, and, and uh, I just love that. And again, just a long list of just secrets and lies. The, the original mission you mentioned, it was Ivadeus, a secret. Uh, the, the um, uh, Jedi, uh, you know, uh, are happy to know all the Pike secrets is a line that said Dooku, unaware of Silman, by the way, uh, the, and the Pikes keeping that secret from Dooku and how that's this banana pill he slips on, <laughs> you know, t- Tyrannus and Sidious and their plot. And this is where the Jedi are like, wait a minute, Tyrannus? That's you. I mean, the, the secrets just come to light and just over and over and over again, all kind of flowing into the one you're talking about here as, as the uh, Jedi have to cover up the truth and fall deeper into the shadows. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great, great point about um, all of the different layers of everybody hiding things and, mm. and people just getting little bits and pieces uh, of the truth. Uh, I just think that this is one of the episodes where, um, you know, Yoda obviously expressed that the Clone Wars is not a victory. The Shroud of the Dark Side has fallen. We we talk yeah. about that a lot. I'm sure we will as we continue wrapping up our discussion of the, the Clone Wars. Um, 
But this moment where it's like, it's understandable of like, this war is dragging on. We thought we could end it fast. Uh, we always knew that there was probably another Sith Lord lurking out there. We're looking for them. Um, but we we don't want to kind of give into too much fear and paranoia and like kind of line up the Senate and <laughs> give yeah. them a force test, you know? Yeah. Uh, but so you could understand the Jedi's perspective, right? But it leads them to this place where I feel like you can watch this episode and just go like, no, <laughs> mm-hmm. you're, you're clinging to your own. This is the hubris that people talk about. It, it, you know, mm-hmm. we talk a lot about that. There, there are some people, some fans who, who are pretty hard on the Jedi or think the Jedi way is wrong. And, and we come at it from the point of like their initial principles, their mm-hmm. main principles, the one that, the ones that Ahsoka embodies yeah. and clings to are great. This is the moment moments like this is where they break, right? Yeah. Of giving in to that fear instead of saying, this is going to be really hard. It's going to upset everything, but people have to know the truth, right? If they're yeah. just like, we're taking this to the Senate, the, they were, the, the, the people might kick the Jedi order off of Coruscant, mm-hmm. whatever. It doesn't matter. We have to expose this. And and yeah. maybe just say stop, stop the war. You know, yeah. No, it, it's always about this organizational failure versus uh, not a, not a fail, failure of ideas and ideals. You know what I mean? And I think that's what we always want to focus on here. So yeah, I agree with you. Well said there. Yeah. Uh, other big picture for me is is the the hubris idea that I think tracks mm. through uh, not just the Jedi with but lots of people and just kind of gets pointed out. Um, yeah. They talk about how the Council rejected. Uh, sifo ideas which like understandable mm-hmm. they can come off as is paranoid like there's a great war coming and we need an army and nobody wants an army because you raise a fist you get a fist back right that's yeah. the whole reason you want to negotiate instead that's the plot of attack of the clones <laughs> uh, the right. jedi and padme don't want an army so understandable that the jedi were like no no sifo but obviously now they're in a situation where there's a war and they have an army and i love that obi-wan is like says well it's not the first time we've been wrong recently, is it? It's a great line. <laughs> great line. And I kind of took that as like, you know, justice for uh, Obi-Wan's perspective on Ahsoka. I feel like that's an Ahsoka comment. <laughs> yeah. Like she's over there like this and then this and then you're wrong about this. They've been wrong about this. Yeah. Absolutely. It's really fun to think of everything that Obi-Wan might have in mind. Um, mm. uh, but I think there's kind of another moment of hubris with the the rarely seen uh, conflict between Sidious and Dooku. Like, you know, yes. yeah. Dooku, Dooku's pushed back and said, yeah, I'm not buying Asajj Ventress as your apprentice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. She's getting too powerful. Get rid of her. But Dooku's like, cool, okay. And he quietly goes, but this is one of the few moments of open conflict between them, right? Where mm-hmm. uh, Dooku, who's always like, I'm, I'm right. I've got a deep voice and I'm rich and I'm faster <laughs> than you. Ha ha ha. I'm better than everyone. You know, to see him be called clumsy and punished is yeah. like a real moment of hubris. Yeah, again, going to the city of darkness, uh, swallowing everything. Uh, you know, the, the end is the end is nigh for Dooku, right? And and, and yeah. we talk about there's so many times during the Clone Wars where his his end is broadcast to him just as much as Anakin's is 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 shown to him, uh, and uh, how he's still surprised at the end. But here it is, pretty clear, and the hubris that he thinks he can overcome that. It's part of the Sith way, I guess. Yeah, yeah, and then and then uh, for me the the big moment of of hubris of uh, the I, I love the idea that jedi should bring things to light maybe tactically every once in a while they keep something secret fair enough but this is a real like ooh, shove the truth back in the box 
but the other part of that is the the hubris of we're Jedi. You know, a lot of bad things could happen, but we're not gonna fall, right? Like mm-hmm. whatever this is, we'll see it through. Um, the specific lines of, of dialogue there, um, where Yoda talks about uh, valiant men, the clones have proven to believe. B believe in them, we must win the war swiftly. We must before our enemies' designs reach completion, whatever they may be. Um, there's a real certainty there. Mace even questions, like, you sure that's the right path? And Yoda says, no, the only path designed by the Dark Lord of the Sith, this web is. Mm-hmm. For now, mm-hmm. play his game, we must. This is so fascinating, because I think it, it, in some ways it's where Yoda has kind of always been with this war of like, hey, this is not great <laughs> as soon as it starts. Yeah. He thinks the Shroud of the Dark Side has fallen. But Jedi and Padme and everybody thinks like, well, we'll, we'll get through it quickly, you know. Uh, but now it's been going on and on and on. Now there's no ambiguity. Like there, this is not a straightforward war. You are mm-hmm. being manipulated. And the hubris comes in when it's like, the truth is in your face that you're being manipulated. And they're still like, well, we'll power through. <laughs> yeah. Because that's, that's how good we are, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A little, yeah. No, I think that's, that's, that's a big, great example of a big Jedi hubris there. Uh, and again, just the, the trap, the trap falling, falling all, that they're falling into and the shroud of darkness falling around them. They can't escape it. It's just frustrating, sad, haunting. Yeah, yeah. Uh, did you find yourself uh, upset with Yoda? Did you find yourself trying mm. to be like, well, I understand where he's coming from, but like, mm-hmm. how did you feel as a fan? I, I didn't, I don't, I, I can't say I was upset with Yoda. I just think this is uh, Palpatine winning, right? This is how mm. and, and why and and... I don't think Mace is wrong here in the sense of, uh, we've always talked about it. He, he's he's almost right, but execution might be wrong or his end <laughs> result, how he gets there might be a little wrong or what he does with the information might be wrong. I don't think Yoda's wrong. He, I think his final decision of, of this is the best way. He says it, you know, the best way, no, but the only way. I, I just think they have no other option. Um, and, and I love how it's followed up by... Um, you know, a belief in the clones, right? They've come this far. They know the clones and we're going to have to win this war. We're going to, we're winning. We're going to have to win it with them anyways. So we can't undercut them. And this is maybe what would happen if we were out there and, you know, Hey, uh, guess what? We didn't even, we didn't even recruit them. They showed up on our doorstep, a complete army. And now people don't believe in them uh, and don't uh, follow them or don't feel, uh, you know, the whole thing's uh, kind of explodes all around them. So I, I think Yoda, ha- they have to make this decision. And that's why I just keep going back to that term. That word haunting. It's just a haunting feeling of if there's nothing they could do. Yeah. I, I love what you're saying. And uh, I, I know I was saying earlier like that they, they could have put a stop to everything, but you're right. Mace is bringing up big legitimate concerns of like, would more people be hurt by us, you know, uh, sounding this alarm. And I yeah. love these the Yoda lines about like, okay, well the first thing that's going to happen, let's play this out. If we tell everybody mm-hmm. like, Hey, turns out Sith Lord, I know not everybody in the galaxy is big on this, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or even knows what we're talking about, but there's, there's evil wizards and you know, we thought we took care of them, but not so much anyway. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, they ordered these clones what's the first thing that people are going to do is, is turn on the clones. Right. Yeah. And, yeah. and it, it, like this, this connects right back to the, the first broadcast episode of ambush where Yoda's like, you're individuals, you're unique mm-hmm. in the force. This is so about them valuing the clones and saying, well, okay, wherever they came from is suspicious, but they're not suspicious. They're, you know, valiant, loyal individual beings. Right. 
But it, 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 again, I, th- I think there's yeah, and I think that's all true. That's why Yoda makes that decision. But just to, to your, your point earlier too, of like if the Jedi had said time out, hey everybody, we got to deal with this. I think it, it, it's what's why it's the original question of am I upset with Yoda at all or was affected by it is just I don't think they have any other option, which is this this victory for Palpatine. This is where, where secrets and lies get you. There's that line from Silman, and you know he, he's he's uh, obviously not all there, but all is deception. He says all is deception, uh, and and how much that just uh, goes through this episode and so just you know you, you're now the jedi are in the position where they kind of have to deceive and, it, and and you just kind of you know i feel for i feel for them all there but i think at the end of the day they have to do this yeah yeah i think for me what i really like about it is it really makes me question and, and think is like i understand where they're coming from because of the whole justice <laughs> yeah for the yeah. jedi thing of like look when you're presented with a problem you face it you confront it and i can see the logic of like okay there's a manipulation here uh, we play it out to see what it is, so then we have that knowledge and we can uh, address it. We don't want to unfairly put, you know, spread yeah. mass panic. We don't want to put the clone. We don't want like everyone in the galaxy to turn on the clones, you know, right. uh, because they did, it's not their responsibility. They didn't order themselves. <laughs> they don't know, mm. you know, all that stuff. I can really understand. I think then the other part of me says like when Yoda says no, the only path, right? Yeah you think about the conversations of rigidity and you think about Mm -hmm. how much, you know, there had to have been other paths, right? There had to have been ways to say, we need to look into this. This is our true problem. Not, you know, the war with the separatists. Is there a way to scale back into, uh, you know, a position of defense uh, in this war, you know, and, and not just, be so confident that whatever the plan is, we'll deal with it, but rather say we need to look at all of the options. They, they cut off the thought process so quickly, you know? Yeah, no, I, and I really agree with that. It is a pretty, uh, you know, cut and dry statement from Yoda, right? It's almost if he's saying, all right, meeting over. <laughs> this is good to go. And I, I think you're right. And I think that what you're saying too, it's like, I think a lot of times we, not necessarily us, but just the overall conversation from some of the stuff is 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 canon, timelines, plots, lore, yeah. and what's the actual answer? And it's like you know, dialogue is not facts, and dialogue is not exactly how it could have. It's just it, it's open to discussion, and and it's that's why I think this episode does um, really work for me. And despite some of the stuff we've already talked about, but just like it is, it's just this this trap they're in is is so hard to get out of, and uh, and I love discussing that. Yeah, absolutely. I think, uh, well said, it is a haunting trap. Um, any other thoughts uh, on the themes and our ideas of this episode before yeah, we go to the bigger picture? Yeah, one little beat, and I think it all just uh, does tie into the bigger picture, and fear might just be the overall big picture here, right? I I, I thought of this because uh, Jocasta knew. We once again kind of have this idea of knowledge versus wisdom, mm-hmm. and Poor Jocasta New has to deliver the message again, right? She's always in the the knowledge is <laughs> is is the best side. It's a file, it's sealed. I guess we'll never know. And uh, Kenobi, among others, having to seek the knowledge they need through, uh, you know, maybe some passive wisdom here. Just kind of on makes me think of our, our love of that Dexter Diner scene and why that Dexter's Diner scene is so important. Uh, and, and 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 this intersection of knowledge and wisdom. Uh, is something that comes up and 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 how the Jedi Order is constantly, uh, you know, having to find their way through that. No, yeah, I, I really like that. Uh, that this is, you know, an episode where everybody has a little a little shard, and and our heroes mm-hmm. are going around asking, having to have these face to face conversations, like the, all, all the little stuff with we don't actually get to see it, but Obi Wan being like, 
try and talk to the Felucians. <laughs> yeah. It's a really old dialect. I think that's what they're saying. I'm trying to chase down, you know, the actual wisdom <laughs> yeah. of what is truly going on. Yeah, indeed. Yeah. And, and just, uh, you know, then we can probably bring it up in other points under discussion this episode, but just all that kind of going to, uh, you're Tyrannus, and then just, I just love Dooku just going, I told you everything you needed to know on Geonosis all those years ago, Kenobi. You should have joined me. Sivides <laughs> understood you saw the future. This is why you helped me. We've had, we did the, the Force Center scene by scene of that moment. We both love that moment for Kenobi and Dooku and the overall Star Wars story, but just again, knowledge, wisdom, uh, and determining uh, which is the better path from that. I don't know. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So uh, I think we've already veered into some of this uh, idea of how uh, the themes of this particular episode reflect larger storytelling and morality mm-hmm. of perspective of Star Wars. Where did you go with some of that? I really do love the idea of fear. I think it all kind of slides into it with darkness kind of being the overriding um, feel and vibe of this episode and all around. How, and how do you get there and how does darkness swallow everything completely? And, and when, uh, when there's secrets and there's lies and there's machinations and, and you don't know how to get it because you lack the knowledge and, and you therefore need to rely on wisdom that maybe you, you can't see because you're also part of an order that does have these kind of end of meeting conversations. All that is fueled by fear, fear of the unknown, fear of the uh, end possible end result, fear of uh, a choice you might need to make. So that's a big statement on the big uh, Star Wars picture here and where the Jedi end up. No, I I really, I really agree with you that you can really track uh, fear is how Palpatine beats all of his opponents. Uh, Mm -hmm. He gets the the Senate and the people of the galaxy to be afraid of the other of those cruel separatists. So they give him all this power. He gets Anakin to fear losing uh, Padme. So Anakin gives, uh, you know, Palpatine power over him and he gets the Jedi into being afraid that there is no right move. Right. Mm -hmm. So that they just keep playing along. Um, And I think it really is fear of what might happen. Maybe even probably like, I think Mm -hmm. that's what's so great about our discussion about like, okay, well is may our Mason Yoda, right. That well. Like we can't just go tell everybody this because there'll be mass chaos. The clones will suffer. The galaxy will suffer. Um, is that absolutely true? Or is that them listening to their fear about the worst possible outcome and letting fear absolutely be in the driver's seat, mm-hmm. you know, and cut off even a conversation of like, they don't even have the conversation of like, what if we just asked, what if we just told Padme and Bale yeah. and see what they knew and let them take it into their arena, the Senate, you know? Uh, they're just like, nope, bad things will happen. Make us look like idiots. Shut it down. <laughs> yeah. And, and again, it's just, it's, uh, it's both simple on the surface, but it's also deep. It's just no sunshine in this episode. Just the, the, that is not what you generally associate with the Jedi <laughs> for light and life. Right. And, and yep. uh, the Jedi uh, getting there because of the fear of the whole situation. Yeah. Yeah. Last thing for me is, you know, we talk about it all the time because it is the story of the, the clone wars, but uh Yoda saying, in Attack of the Clones, the Shroud of the Dark Side has fallen, begun the Clone War has. I love that it is literal in this episode. When he's in the office with the Chancellor, uh, with Palpatine, Palpatine is literally casting a shadow on Yoda. Yes, yes. <laughs> right? And I yeah. love this exchange of dialogue where Obi-Wan says to Yoda, did you have any success with the Chancellor? And Yoda says, hmm, as much success as usual, I'm afraid. Yeah. Uh, and how they see the, they see Palpatine grabbing for powers. They see uh, mm-hmm. Palpatine playing politics and they're just like, yeah, that's what happens in politics, you know? And, and they're so close, right? 
if, so if they get to the point where Yoda's like, yeah, talk to that guy is useless. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we all know that, right? Uh, <laughs> and, and he's getting pushier about getting involved in our business and what's in his uh, purview versus yeah. what is in ours. They, they're so close. I love it. Mm. Yeah. No, absolutely. And yeah, we'll talk about that scene too. It's from some funny stuff in there too. Absolutely funny stuff. All right, with that, then I think we shall take a quick break and we'll talk about some of those fun moments in just a moment. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which 
is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. And we are back to continue our discussion of episode 10, season 6, The Lost One, that whole sifo thing. We are going to go to some of the fun action moments. Uh, there's definitely, for an episode that had a lot of investigating and discussing, there is still some big action at the end. What did you like, Ken? Well, I, I start with the, the non-action moment. I, I've used it to, to talk about this theme of darkness and everything, but I, I love... The opening scene with Plo and the Wolfpack in the sandstorm. It is, I don't know, it's something that when you would think about, oh, if they do a Clone Wars series, this is what I would want to see. Just, it has, it's it's ominous and haunting, like we said, but it just has that, like, we're in the middle of this war. It's, it's, it's hard to see straight. We don't know what's going on. I just really like that. So it's not action, but it, 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 it had the tension of actions about to explode all around you. Yeah, absolutely. It's got a great, uh, it reminds me of uh, Wrath of Khan, the discovery of Khan's ship of like this, mm, this nice. terrifying thing buried. And I do like the discovery of the lightsaber, such a great design of yeah. sifo lightsaber. And even when Plo Koon's showing it to the council and he's, you know, levitating it and turning it around, it's got this like, it feels mm. like every dead Jedi is a scar in this one in particular. Of like, yeah. We never fully understood. We never even got his body back, but we all believe he's dead. Yeah. <laughs> it's really powerful. Yeah, absolutely. Love that. Yeah. Um, I love, you know, uh, Ken and, and listeners, and I've discovered more and more for myself how much I love it uh, when people fall from high places in action scenes. <laughs> this was, there's a lot of great falling from a high place, um, but this was perhaps one of the best. Dooku's utterly casual. You are like dust, uh, you know, on my collar that I'm mm-hmm. brushing off. His force shove and those two pike guards just go sailing over the bridge. Pretty brutal. I'm just glad they weren't B1 battle droids this time. <laughs> I would have taken it as a callback to the movie if one of the uh, pikes said, why? <laughs> why? That <laughs> would have been good. Yeah, and then we get into the actual uh, fight, and there are a ton of great moments yes. in there between uh, Dooku, Kenobi, and Anakin, unless you have other other beats. Uh, like well, I do. I, I'm counting it as action, but uh, Palpatine choke-punishing Dooku just because you're right, we don't really see it that much. But also, I just love, I just love that Palpatine like is like, get on a Zoom call. What am I hearing? The Jedi are searching for safe ideas. What did you do? You messed up, buddy. <laughs> and uh, don't condone any bosses force joking their employees, by the way. But just it loved, loved everything about it. It, it, it was, it was uh, Palpatine that is the scariest, uh, you know. Uh, uh, so accountant in his action. Oh, no, I, I think that's great. I, I love him calling it his clumsiness, you know, mm-hmm. and yeah, it, it really is like you put a TPS cover report on what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, love it. Love it. Uh, going into the fight, it is a bunch of great things. It's one of yes. the things I always remember, and we're getting so close to Revenge of the Sith and the final conflict between uh, these three. I really appreciated uh, that the action was cool and um. Uh, 
told the story. I, I, I yeah. love that Kenobi always has a harder time with Dooku. I, I personally have the headcanon that for him, there it's like this weird, he's kind of fighting Qui-Gon that like mm. he feels that connection. Uh, Dooku yeah. gets that Dooku gets into Kenobi's head. Kenobi normally wins battles because he's really good at getting into other people's heads. He's a good combatant, but he's much better about figuring out like, what do you think the fight is about? What do I actually think the fight is about? You know, yeah. Savage Press doesn't notice that I'm not trying to cut his head off. I'm trying to kick this leg, you know? Yeah. Um, lots of examples of that in, in Kenobi fights. And he's never in that headspace with Dooku. He's always just sort of like, he. it seems like he reverts back to like, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm fast, I'm strong, I'm better. Because yeah. <laughs> Dooku's got in his head that he's not. He's a disappointment to Yoda and Obi or Yoda and Qui-Gon. Anytime he fights Dooku is the only time I really do laugh at these Sith Lords are our speciality line from Kenobi. The rest of the time I think he's accurate, uh, but this one, yeah. I think great, right. A great line, and on average, he is correct. Uh, yes. But against Dooku, no. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I like that there, that there's great uh, flowing kinetic fight, and I love that moment when uh, Dooku is fighting the same way, too, of like, uh, get Kenobi away from me and concentrate on Anakin. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, he kicks Kenobi away. Kenobi teeters on the edge. Anakin, you know, uses the force to, to pull Obi-Wan back. All these beats are going to be repeated in a different way in Revenge yes. of the Sith. But then I love that it ends that uh, Anakin has to let Obi-Wan go uh, because Dooku almost cuts off Anakin's other arm. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Which would have been like, uh, you know, Duke would be like, got them both, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now it's yeah. a great fight. I love, uh, I always love watching Duke fight with one arm behind his back. You know, <sighs> he's such a classy gentleman. That's why Palpatine, he's not clumsy. He's very classy. He's so classy, but it is that that great hubris of like, yeah. yes, I'm, I, I can beat you both with one arm behind my back, literally. It's In my sassy so pajamas, yes. yes. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And then the, the other beat I picked out that I really liked is once Obi-Wan gets back into the fight, there's that moment where uh, Anakin rolls away and Obi-Wan just leaps right over him to slash at Dooku. Yeah. <laughs> Got a great rhythm great going fun. on. Uh, what did, any other beats that in particular within that fight? That you uh, yeah, really I'm, I'm I'm calling it the group force push from Dooku, where like mm. all the bikes come out and everything. He's just like woof and like pushes everyone. I, I I just maybe because of video games over the years, I just enjoy a good force push. Yeah, and there's a great moment where uh, Obi Wan and Anakin do their big coordinated mm-hmm. force push, and Dooku's like leaps out of the way. Is like ha ha. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Great Love stuff. That. Love that. A lot Love- of- yeah, go, yeah, ahead, go, go ahead, ahead, please. I, I do love Dooku's escape, too, and just how he uh, slices that ship. Yeah, real fun, oh, yeah. action-y detail. Yeah, and, you know, actually, I do love that uh, that moment as Obi-Wan says, I'll give you a boost. That Obi-Wan knows that Anakin's going to yeah. hold his own better with Dooku and that he, he's not, there's no squabbling of like, I'll handle this. He's like, no, you go. You go, I got you. <laughs> and it's a cool action move when he gives him the extra boost. Yeah, I love that. Uh, so let's move on then to moments of comedy, whimsy, weirdness. This was a dark episode, a haunting episode, a haunting trap of an episode. And yet there are some moments that made me smile. Uh, where did you go? Uh, well, we got to talk about Kenobi's exposition catch up and how somewhere Rick Ollier is really jealous of, of <laughs> Kenobi getting that moment. It, 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 your note up top of, of there's a couple moments of like, well, why wouldn't they know that? You're telling me they don't know that, and it's clearly for the audience. You can get caught up in that, but it is just kind of fun of uh, literally Mace going, Obi-Wan, why don't you uh, remind everyone of what happened in that movie? Yeah, and uh, like that one I can get behind even a little bit because yeah, yeah. that's a personal experience that Kenobi had. It's when they're discussing what happened to Sifo-Dyas of like, I feel like every Jedi knows 
when a Jedi gets kicked off the Jedi Council and the majority of those council members are not majority. Maybe. I don't know. I have to count and do the math. A lot of those council members were there. That was the one was like, you all know this about, about sci-fi Diaz. Yeah. And, and, and I, I had, um, I have to trace it and track it a little bit more, but you know, by now we're just so used to hearing the Pikes and the Pike syndicate, but just even the fact that uh, Yoda had those moments with Valorum of the Pikes <laughs> spice. It just, uh, it just, uh, it was fun though. It, 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 to me, it's just kind of fun. Star Wars whimsy. Yeah, for me, it's, it's a fun thing to note because uh, I I I do think you know exposition should be as gentle and accurate as possible, and it mm-hmm. and it uh, uh, heightens things. But also, so, sometimes people I think because they know that word, they over obsess on it. Yeah, somebody could watch this episode, love it, and not realize that it you know broke these exposition rules. Yeah, I agree with that totally. Uh, one moment I liked is when. Uh, uh, Opo Rancisis uh, mm-hmm. and Saucy Tin. Uh, I can't even remember what bit of news they got, but they just they both just look at each other like, mm, uh-huh, we're going to have to talk about that. That's <laughs> so great because we don't get a ton of Opo. We need more we Opo. We don't. He's added later, right? Yeah. Uh, just uh, in, in terms of designing mm-hmm. him and adding him to the council. Uh, love it. Uh, love yeah. that look. Yeah. Um, I think you went to the same place here with the Palpatine and Yoda <laughs> beat, but maybe we'll see. Palpatine yeah. pretending not to remember Sifo Diaz's name, which of course makes perfect sense from Palpatine's perspective, yeah. but you know, Darth Sidious knowing that's uh, a problem. Yeah. Uh, but just the way he pretend, the way he draws out Sifo Diaz, like he forgot what the word building means, <laughs> and he's saying it that way, and just uses up. The absolute last bit of Yoda's patience, and he was like, yeah. "Yes, Sifidius." <laughs> it's the it's yeah yeah you're right. It's the second one. How do you say it? How do you say it? It's so Sifidius. It's so great. And and then I because of the the BTS of that, I I kind of was hoping retroactively, even though we know he does it, I wanted Sidious to be like. It sounds like a typo of a name, you know, how we got that name to begin with. So yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. It is so funny and so well delivered by both actors. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. So the first time it's the Sifo Diaz, and then he pretends to forget it again. Yeah. It, it's just, it's Palpatine, I think, at this point. Like, obviously, he's concerned about this and back on his heels. But even then, he's just like, I'm going to needle this, yeah. you know, my little green friend. And yes. Just annoy him out of my own personal joy. <laughs> it adds some it adds some weight to that little green friend moment and just about how how little and petty that line is too of just like yeah, I hated you the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> yes, uh, he's been looking forward to this my little green friend. Yeah. Um uh, another moment I like not a surprise at all. Mm-hmm. Obi-Wan taking the drink offer from the pike leader. <laughs> Anakin being like Real grumpy about it, and Obi Wan being like, "No, no, the yeah. best way to get results is to always say yes to a drink." drink. I, I, I know we've been drugged before, drinking cocktails, yeah. very similar to this, Anakin. Yeah. But uh, I'm taking this glowing green martini. Um, <laughs> and then the overtop nature when when Obi Wan does his, you know, the negotiator stuff is like, "No, let's take the drink, let's be friendly and mm-hmm. toast a friendship." And then Lom's like, "Friendship, <laughs> yeah." 
<laughs> yeah. The over the top cackle on friendship. And, and just beautiful. Uh, yeah. And, and, and Kenobi ever the private and in, uh, investigator, classic detective type, just doing like the Columbo almost uh, one more thing, uh, stop of the drink in, in question. And that drink is pretty cool. It's got like electricity surging through it or something. I love the design of that drink. Oh yeah. I mean, I don't know what those are, but I want one, which is yeah. probably not wise, but man, yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Glowing green martini that would look nice in my hand. Um, what are some other moments of uh, comedy or whimsy or weirdness for you? I just uh, love it. This is such a Star Wars tradition we always highlight. But you have uh, you have uh, 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 Tim Curry doing Palpatine at this point, and in the same episode you have Chancellor Valorim and Chancellor Valorum, <laughs> which is the, the movie established version. I just have this image of they're in a booth with Tim Curry and he says Valorim and they're like, it's Valorum. And he just goes, uh-huh, we're done here. Move on. I just, and, and it reminds me of uh, Palpatine again later on uh, with Ian McDiarmid and Rebels going, Ash Shoka. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> Palpatine what- does this on purpose. <laughs> Maybe he mispronounces names to agitate people. Yeah, Ashoka, Ashoka Tano. Like we've had this relatively recently. We talked about it in the gathering arc where it is open season on how to pronounce the Wookiee younglings' name, right? Yeah, uh, of Gungi and Gungi, and and for whatever reason, if it was time, if it was Star Wars, uh, you know, commitment to different people say names differently. It is clearly a thing that happens throughout mm-hmm. the Clone Wars. So it, whether it's time or choice it's certainly there it's certainly there so i love that one there (laughs) uh last one for me uh i liked it when dooku shows up Uh, i didn't like it when he choked Silman. that was sad Mm -hmm. uh but when anakin says dooku for once you actually uh came to do your own dirty work Mm -hmm. and dooku says sometimes things are just that important (laughs) so so i wrote that down too and and i love it i think you and i love dooku but it just there's just something about the, the that whole sentence and he could say anything, but just sometimes things are just that important. It's musical. It has a melody to it. And it is such a Dooku line. I love that line. Yeah. And you just this picture of like Dooku used to be out in the field. He got, you know, taken by Hondo early on. And it feels like he's just kind of retreating to be more like, no, I got people to do, do my yeah. things. Like, <laughs> yeah. And he's really got that like, well, this one is for the boss. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Any other moments for you? I don't want, you know, not, I'm not uh, here to, I'm not poking fun at Soman. He, the poor, the poor guy's gone through too much there. I do like Anakin just doing that. We might have a problem here. Just, yeah. <laughs> it's just very real world. Very, very real world. Yeah. And, and you get the sense that Soman kind of knows the heart of things that maybe he would have spilled too much if Dooku hadn't got to him, but also like that it's a little, a little turned around in his own mind. Poor guy. Poor guy. Uh, all right, so moving on then to canon lore, connection to other stories. Let's talk about, about Sifo-Dyas himself. Um, there is a lot more about his haunting visions, his relationship with prophecy, his friendship with Dooku uh, in the uh, audio story. And uh, you can get the script book of Dooku Jedi Lost by Kevin Scott. I remember really enjoying all all that stuff. Watching this episode made me really wish like, oh, wow, I wish I could just crack that the script book open and read it all right now, but there's a lot of great stuff that uh, lines up with this episode. Yeah. And there's something in here that I think is great of just this. Um, I think someone, uh, I think someone says it of, of Dooku wanted to be Zypho Diaz mm-hmm. uh, and, and this root uh, jealousy that's there and, 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 and just add some layers to it there. And I, I really like that. Yeah. I really kind of took that is, um, you know, Siphon is this like sort of uh, jealousy, but also like the the practicality of um, 
We're going to get him to order the army. And if not, somebody will pretend to be him. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, that, That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but but uh, there, there's some nice. Uh, I don't know if that's been ironed out uh, in in canon. Uh, mm-hmm. As much as this clarifies things about Sifidius, I think there's still room for mm-hmm. um, fleshing oh, yeah. out in modern canon and all that. Um, and I I hope that there's kind of a sequel to Dooku Jedi Lost that gets into some of this stuff. I would love that. Uh, yeah, and uh, yeah, I wanted to be sure to bring that up. So great, um, uh, Valorum or Valorum. Uh, <laughs> I love just seeing him, right? Because, yeah. uh, especially, you know, be in the buildup to, uh, Phantom Menace, uh, the actor was so beloved in the, uh, pop culture genre nerd circles I traveled, uh, from his many things, but from his role in Superman too, that there's like, oh, Terrence Stamp, here we go. And like, mm-hmm. uh, and I know you and I both really like, uh, Valorum, so it was really great to see him again. And just as a bit of canon and lore for how things work really awesome to see his fancy retirement <laughs> penthouse with Coruscant guard, like yeah. for getting pushed out of, out of politics with a vote of no confidence. Uh, he, he's, he's living well. Yeah. A little bit of a golden parachute. Yeah. I, I loved it. And, and, and this is uh, absolutely one of the things I remembered. Uh, and again, this was only released in 2014, which is a long time ago, but really not that long ago. And I just, I remember just loving see, seeing him. I, I did not write down who did the voice for him, but it is uh, for a second. You're like, did they get Taryn stamp to do this? It's, it's so it's, good. Uh, that is Ian Ruskin. Ian, great job. Uh, love it. Uh, love it. Yeah. Just love seeing old Finnis there. Uh, it, it worked for me as, as a fan of Phantom Menace and yeah, just memories of grabbing the figure at Toys R Us and going, I got a Terrence stamp. Right. Right. Uh, oh, that was the other thing I wanted to be sure to ask you about Saifa Diaz. The, the whole, uh, typo behind the scenes story that mm. it was supposed to be, uh, Sidious who secretly ordered the army and then this typo came up and then Lucas was, uh, uh like, Oh, that that's more interesting. How do you feel about all that? Does it, does it bother you? No, I think he's right. And what a hey, the force spoke. Uh, you know, hey, look at this. Uh, if it had been Sidious, uh, yeah, I mean, that, you could have made that work. You could make any what if work. Uh, but I kind of like it. And then this kind of this episode kind of drives that point home of of then you can take it, you know, jealousy and and the relationship with, with Duco and Zyphidius and uh, a Jedi going against the Council. There's so much more with it. So hey, turns out George, uh, he might be right about some things sometimes. I think so. I think there's a a great little uh, wrinkle to me that mm-hmm. ended up being, you know, uh, in improv and sometimes in writing, you talk about things becoming gifts. Uh, yeah. You know, you can look at something as it wasn't supposed to go that way. And then you can look at it as like, oh, but what does that open up? Uh, and I think particularly go into that Dooku Jedi Lost story where uh, you get Sifo Dias is a way kind of into Dooku, Dooku's character more. What a gift. Indeed. What a gift. Uh, final thing for me is just, you know, uh, n- nothing in particular, but just the idea that this is another one of the moments where the Pikes and, and Obadiah get get established and mm-hmm. uh, feels feels relevant now because we're going to return to Obadiah in season seven of Clone Wars. But also just like the Pikes are killing it in live action, right? Between Solo yes. and Book of Boba Fett, it, it's fun to look back on this episode and it feels different than the first time I watched it because the Pikes are a much bigger totally. on screen, live screen uh, thing. Agreed that that there's yeah there's totally totally that feel and I remember maybe overlooking them a little back in the day. Yeah, exactly. Um, was there anything that we uh, haven't talked about that you or I'm sorry, actually I wanted to check in on this. Was there anything that you disliked or questioned? Uh, not at all. There's one more canon connection. We got to uh, oh, uh, go uh, for it. Obi Wan Kenobi and his favorite little statement here. Now is the time. 
<laughs> very, very true. Yeah. Thank you for going back for the Kenobi canon. No, absolutely. As far as dyslectic question, no, I, I think you said some great stuff up top of just what this episode kind of feels. It does have that feel. I mean, I'm joking. It's a fun kind of like, oopsie, we forgot to get to this. Now we get a chance. Uh, and again, in, in my memory, I thought this was at least two episodes. It was kind of uh, pleasantly shocked to find it was one. So I, I, I think uh, anything there is, is uh, it, we've already discussed. Yeah, yeah. I, I, you know what? I'll go back for Kenobi, another Kenobi canon connection. Mm. Uh, I like that it was another moment where Kenobi was hanging from a ledge. That's true, too. <laughs> yes. He Now is the time. To hang from a ledge, says Obi Wan yeah. Kenobi. Uh, no, there wasn't anything else I disliked or questioned other than, oh man, I wish that this season, that season six, had been longer, and this had been, you know, mm-hmm. a, a couple episodes. It would have been pretty fascinating to see, like, okay, well, what if the Jedi didn't just have a conversation about feeling trapped? What if they explored a little bit? You know, mm-hmm. what if they tried, uh, experimented with, you know, getting the word out and, and ran some things down, and and you could really see and feel their their fear of losing control, you know? Yeah. Um, I, I think a, a, a more robust debate between the Jedi or actually seeing uh, in action their fear, you know? I think that's the only thing that I question is, like, it would have been great to have even more. Maybe we, we would have gotten that scene where, where they go to Bale and said, hey, this is what's going on. Should we tell people? And Bale goes, oh, no, 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 we can't tell anybody. <laughs> no, 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 no. Or like, yeah, or... yeah. They ask Rex, and he's like, "Yeah, yeah. I mean, not, not to just to shove the blame onto Rex and Bale, but to like have that, <laughs> no. have that fear reflected." Or yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, totally agree with that. Uh, excellent. But this one is a compact, fun, exciting episode, which means we have a slightly shorter episode of a uh, Clone Wars report uh, than normal. Uh, uh, nothing else that that I wanted to touch on because you were sure to mention Val Orum. Uh, if you could have a figure of any character from this episode or any merch of any kind, who or what do you want? I'm not, I swear, I'm not poking fun at him. I really feel for him. He's a tragic character. I do want a Silman with Grubworms playset. <laughs> uh, what, what, do you have like the, the Grubworms are on like a little track and you can hide them from Silman? <laughs> yeah, it could be like six inch black series, uh, you know, to scale, or it could be like a Funko Pop with little cute Funko Grubworms. Might be better. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Uh, I have two action figures that I want. I, I want a, just a Sifo Dias action figure because he's a great design and his lightsaber is so cool. True. Uh, and then they talk about it uh, a lot about what actually happened to his body. You know, who killed him? Who cremated him? Who got the remains? Ultimately, we're told that uh, Tyrannus got the remains. We didn't get to see it, but I'd like to see whatever, you know, a great Sifo Dias action figure that comes with uh, whatever. Uh, el- you know, elaborate uh, container, what exquisite container yeah. <laughs> Dooku yeah. has Sifo Dias's ashes in. Well, yeah. <laughs> Dark, but I love it. And with my endless desire for more Obi-Wan action figures, we need a specific action figure of Obi-Wan with green glowing cocktail. Damn it, we need it. Love that. You got to do that. All right, next up, uh, season six, episodes 11 through 13, Yoda learns to begin the path to becoming a Force Spirit. Excited to discuss Mm. that. Ken, what should the moral of this episode of the Clone Wars Report be? Oh, always have food for your grub worms, but more importantly, do not let the dark secrets of your podcast fester. (laughs) The truth will come out (laughs) about your podcast. Find a way to face Mm. the light. Great. Where can people find us? 
Hey, we are the Four Center Podcast. We're on Twitter at Four Center Pod. We're on Instagram, YouTube as well. Facebook page is Four Center Podcast. Podcasts available on a lot of different spots, including Acast, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and more. Merch is available at tpublic.com slash user slash Four Center. You can support us directly at patreon.com slash Four Center. We also want to let you know that at Star Wars Celebration on that Thursday at 2 p.m., we will be on the podcast stage with Alex and Molly and their Star Wars Explained show. Look for us there. You can find me at Catnapsock or go to my website, catnapsock.com. Joseph, where can they find you? Yeah, you can find me Twitter, Instagram, TikTok is at Joseph Scrimshaw. And you can go to my website, josephscrimshaw.com for all of my other comedy adventures. But for now, for myself, for Ken, for Valorum, this has been the Clone Wars Report. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.